guys, I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and you're listening to the She Who Overcomes podcast. I'm the chief creative officer, a motivational speaker, and a life and business coach at a company called Rayma Team. I'm also thriving in the face of a life-threatening illness called cystic fibrosis. This weekly podcast is a series of real-life stories and conversations meant to encourage you with hope and more importantly, equip you with action steps to transform your life, your career, and your relationships. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. Hey guys, before I dive into the next episode, I wanted to tell you guys something. So Rachel and I were hanging out one day and we had a thought. Wouldn't it be cool if we could hang out with you guys every Monday night for the rest of 2020? We think so. We would love to give you some coaching each week and some insight and basically a weekly Monday night pep talk. That's what we're calling it. So join us every Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Central Time for a free 20, maybe 30-minute conversation with your coaches, myself and Rachel Perman from Rayma Team. This is for all busy professionals and growth-minded individuals that want to climb higher this year and just need to get some weekly motivation. So go on over to raymateam.com forward slash Monday pep talk and register so you can get the call details and the recordings if you can't make it. Again, that registration link is www.raymateam.com forward slash Monday Pep Talk. We can't wait to spend every Monday night with you. Okay, grab your coffee and let's dive into this episode. Hey, Overcomers, welcome back to another episode. Today is kind of an extra special treat because I'm about to share with you the Q&A session from a recent presentation we did for One Million Cups. Now, if you don't know what One Million Cups is, I highly recommend you look into whether or not this is in your community or even in your state, somewhere within driving distance, because it's an amazing organization that showcases the entrepreneurial community within your state. It's all over the nation. There's little meetups all over the place. And this presentation of ours, mine and Rachel's from Rayma Team, is all from our presentation in Bismarck Mandan. So during this session, the audience asked us some questions that honestly, we've never been asked before, and we absolutely loved it. So I pray that you are encouraged by part of our story, by what we've learned along the way as we are, you know, stepping into our sixth year of business and how we are balancing that whole idea of having two separate identities as two people, and also having the identity of a company. So here you go. Let's grab our coffee and listen in. I'd like to start things off for us uh, 
one thing that that wasn't explained because uh, you ladies are are into your, I don't know four or five years six years into six, uh, six. coaching yeah yes. well so, six years into six as a, a company yeah <laughs> like ten years into coaching yes okay yeah can you tell a little bit about your origin story what um, each of your backgrounds are how what led you into taking the leap becoming entrepreneurs and choosing coaching as the avenue to do that okay so uh, my first business I ever created I was uh, nineteen. And um, I am actually a beauty school dropout. And I went and focused on skincare and I spent a lot of time in the spa industry. So um, part of being in spas and skincare is you kind of have this entrepreneur mindset of building up your clientele, um, selling retail, doing that kind of thing. And so I started creating my own brand of skincare all the way back um, when I was 19 years old. And so I think I had the entrepreneur bug pretty early. Um, and then I decided that I needed to get a real job and a traditional, um, a traditional schooling. I don't know why, but I did. So I decided that I needed to go get a really expensive piece of paper to put on my wall. And um, that was in psychology. And um, I had the idea that I was going to actually go get my master's degree, that I was going to do um, psych work with, prisoner, with prisoners is what the goal was originally. Um, and this beautiful thing happened in my senior year where my school, which was Liberty University, decided to combine efforts with one of the newest coaching schools at the time. So you were able to not only build your, your degree, but also get your certification in coaching. And I loved coaching. So that's when my entire um, idea shifted. And once I graduated, I started my first coaching company. And... That's, that's kind of where we landed. Um, and then Mandy and I have been best friends since fifth grade. And um, I'll actually let you probably continue the story okay. on how you got here. <laughs> so I, um, I was only ever going to grow up to be a singer, uh, specifically the next Celine Dion. That's <laughs> what I wanted. Until I really, and, and like that wasn't a pipe dream. I actually had the the talent to do that had I followed that route, but I spent some time um, writing my own music and coming out with my own CD and doing the concerts for it, I realized how much I hate concerts. <laughs> so that's kind of a problem. And I went to Nashville to have, uh, to like some singer-songwriter con conference, and I had all of my work critiqued by two different experts. And one of them told me, she started asking a little bit about my story because I was born with something called cystic fibrosis. And so I shared that, and I was terrified of, of public speaking. Like a room like this would have, I wouldn't have done it. I would have just been like, let's just sing <laughs> instead. And she asked me if I've ever thought about sharing my story and being more of a speaker who sings instead of a singer. And I, I was just like, no, that's, mm -mm, that's not me. And so I kind of packed up my hopes and dreams and buried them and got a job as a music secretary in a church and um, did a lot of things that I thought were my passion because I was just trying to have a normal job. And eventually I was introduced to the coaching industry through a network marketing company. And the more that I went into training from their leadership team on how to sell their product, the more I fell in love with the environment of helping draw the best out of people and learning what, what it looks like. Because I've always been told that I'm inspirational, but there's inspirational and then there's also 
equipping people mm -hmm. and equipping people and seeing them rise up and do what they love to do and were afraid to do just became a passion of mine. And so my first coaching experience was becoming a certified health coach. And I did that and we moved here, my husband and I moved here from Fargo in 2011. And Rachel and I were best friends since fifth grade, but we never lived in the same town. We mm -hmm. met at a little Bible college, Bible camp. camp. <laughs> it felt like college. <laughs> a little Bible camp. And this was just something that we did a lot where she was doing her coaching. I was doing mine. We would talk about it all the time. And for years, we would have these conversations like, wouldn't it be cool if we wrote a book together? Or wouldn't <laughs> it be cool if we did something together? And little did we know that we would. Mm -hmm. So we started Big Blue Couch uh, on a couch, on a big blue couch with a bottle of wine and just a lot of boldness. Righteous anger. Righteous anger. We've been <laughs> making mistakes ever. bottle of wine. That, right. That's what we hear. I thought yes. it was odd, but I've heard that a lot of people start businesses in a similar fashion. Yep. We also had to take our, uh, we had our phones taken away that night because our J-O-Bs, we were not happy in. And so by the time we got to the bottle of the wine and the big D big idea to just start out on our own, um, you can't whine in Facebook. Yeah, we just had so. the general rule. <laughs> you shouldn't whine in Facebook. But that's the, that's the origin story. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, the dynamic between you two is really neat. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great to see. That. There was a time when, uh, when I was young, I wanted to be the songbird of my generation as, as well. But it it's, turns, a, it turns, it's a real cool dream. It is. It, it turns out I can't sing though. So oh, that, that oh, that's problem. harder then. But, yeah. But uh, we, have, we have a question <laughs> over here. Yeah, um, Mandy and Rachel, can you guys talk about? You said you have an eighteen-month plan and a five-year plan. Um, what are you guys doing now to reach those goals? Um, what kind of foundation are you laying to reach your five-year goal? Can you talk about that a little bit? So one of the things that we made as our goal this year is to build connection. We're big on like picking words for the year, both personally mm -hmm. and as a business. So our word for 2020 as Rama team is connection. And what that meant for us is that we needed to get out in the community more and build more relationships. We kind of got into a bad habit of cocooning ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that was learning how to be okay with our message and figure out what our message was. But I think also we've come from backgrounds where we've had leaders really hurt us and tell us we shouldn't be doing something instead of guiding us. And we didn't want to get hurt again. And that can be something you have to do for a season. But we really drew it out longer than it <laughs> needed to be. Probably. And so for us, we are building these connections and doing as much as we can to be in the community and really just build up the relationships. Mm -hmm. We're also seeking out those relationships with with companies in the tri-state area. So one of the things that we did when we applied for presenting here is I noticed that you can already type in your information for one million cups and then just send that application to a whole bunch of different other towns. So I did that. <laughs> I think we applied for like six of them. We, I. I applied for six yeah. of them and then I let Rachel know that's what I did. <laughs> and um, that's sometimes how it has to work with the speaking thing. And one of, so we heard back from you guys and Eden Prairie, Minnesota. So we're going to be going there in April. And I think organizations like this are a great way to do that. And just getting yourself out there to present at something, whether you get paid or not, is really what we're focusing on doing this year. And we believe that by doing that, we're going to make the relationships happen that 
will get us to the five-year growth plan because it's, it's not so much only your hard work that gets you there, it's the relationships. Good. Anything to add? Nope, I think yeah. that was good. Okay. <laughs> Maybe um, piggybacking off that a little bit, but can you talk about your current customer base? Is it mainly local, uh, and, and how is that going to affect your, your long-term plans? I know you have a lot of digital offerings, which mm -hmm. will allow you to kind of get into other uh, demographics outside of maybe North Dakota? Um, we have a little bit of everything. So we have, we have a very loyal coaching base um, and we have people who followed us from Big Blue Couch Coaching, um, went through the messy ride that was rebranding, stayed in the programs um, that were sometimes changing weekly because we weren't sure what we were doing yet. And so we definitely have a base of people that probably are more of the tri-state area. Um, however, we still have people that are from all over the United States that we've worked with. And I think some of this, going back to kind of the grassroots movement of getting the word out about what we do, um, we're looking to definitely build that base to not be just a Midwest company, but um, we do also believe to, that we need to grow where we're planted. And so we do have a heart for Midwest business owners and busy professionals here. And there's definitely a need here for those communities to have this kind of access. So it's still our sole focus to be here first and then branch out. And I think our if you had to narrow it down to an age group, right? We've always worked with people ages like 25 to 65 was kind of the range. And now I would say it's kind of morphing into 30 to 55. Mm -hmm. Not that we don't help those people, but that's what we're starting to draw more of. And we are slowly starting to work with more men too. Big Blue Couch was primarily marketed as a coaching company for women, but we've worked with men the entire time. Mm -hmm. And that is something that led to the rebrand because we started realizing, okay, if we want to get out there and be known as a leadership company, what are we currently portraying that doesn't say that? Mm -hmm. And it was our logo. It was our name. And it, it wasn't so much that it was an obvious thing even to the men in our own lives. But when we, when we started asking them those questions, that's what we kind of landed on was, okay, we need to rebrand everything. Mm -hmm. We thought it was just going to be we need to rebrand an event. It turned out we need to rebrand the whole company. Evan, question down front. On the topic of partnerships, mm -hmm. um, it's it's something that I often caution people about because mm -hmm. um, they can be good and they can be very, very bad. Um, you guys obviously have a little bit different dynamic of friendship that goes way back, but that, that might be good or bad mm -hmm. as business partners. So <laughs> I wonder if you could just share a little bit under the hood um, how your partnership works. We get this question all the we time. We do. And, and we typically caution people mm -hmm. to not, like, do not see what's happening here and think that this is easily transferable to something else. Um, because we've seen partnerships go bad. There's a lot of things that we have to put in place so our partnership doesn't go bad. Some of this too is having that maybe silent third partner of Mandy's husband being able to, if there is, um, you know, we tend to be very passionate women and we have the vision and we want to move this thing forward and he tends to be the voice of reason. So I think in a partnership, there probably needs to be somebody that is your sounding board that can kind of bring some clarity to the situation and a different perspective. For us, that was the male perspective to bring in. Um, as we were rebranding, he really had a voice in what we were doing next. And he doesn't always side with me, mm -mm. <laughs> which isn't always good for our marriage, but we work through it. And some, <laughs> right. And some Sometimes, sometimes, very rarely, um, 
uh, I, Nate and I, I think it's happened once where we've sided against Mandy, and that's always been the way our company works. It's a majority vote. Um, it's very rarely come to that. I think it's even less than five times in the last six years that we've had to do a majority vote on something. Um, but one of the things that we make sure we have in our week is friend time. Um, we used to get to the office, get right into working, and then be super surprised if in a couple of weeks the friend bucket was was low mm -hmm. and anything that happened at work seemed to affect the relationship. So we were like maybe a little bit more edgy with each other. And so we noticed that Monday mornings we need to spend some time around the water cooler, just her and I, um, catching up. And now we schedule that in. Um, and so we make sure that we not only cultivate the business relationship, but the friendship has to stay strong so that no matter what's going on in the business, we know that we have each, other back, each other's back. We also, because of the personal things we've been through in our lives, um, and we both have different dynamics of health things that we work through. We've both lived at each other's homes for seasons for different things that we've gone through. And so in a weird way, we're like a family. Mm -hmm. um, and everything that we teach in our Cultivate Honor program <laughs> is birthed from figuring out how to do this as friends and not destroy a relationship. Mm -hmm. We teach what we go through. <laughs> right. Mark has a question. You guys have got a lot of different avenues that you're going down, and I noticed that you have your national push to build a ton of memberships there, and there is so much out on the web that you need to sift through. How are you guys going about making a presence to be seen across the nation? That's a great question. It is a good question. You go. Okay. Um, well, we've always used social media as a part of our platform to build our membership. Um, and so we do have a Facebook page that has over 7,000 people on it. We do have, um, actually right now we're working on building our Instagram um, platform. And I think as of right now, social media kind of tends to be the easiest way and maybe the most cost-effective way to build a national and international platform. Um, you don't have to get on a plane. You don't have to travel anywhere to do that. And so we, we do... Um, get really intentional with the kind of content we're putting out on our social media platforms, making sure that the content is matching um, what it is that we want people to do. One of the things that we did at Big Book Coach that was not something we wanted to repeat is we always had so many products, so many programs, so many events happening, and that got really hard to market because if you want people to be in one thing, but you're marketing a bunch of different things and they're confused on what you want them to do. And so um, one of the things that we've done over the last six months is, are we talking too much about this when we really want them to be doing this? Um, so narrowing down our marketing on the one message of university is where we're at right now is a complete mindset shift for Mandy and I. Sometimes it feels a little bit like we should be doing more like talking about more programs, talking about other things. Um, but what we've noticed is the more focus we have, the more clarity the message has and the more right people are coming our way. We've also done, uh, we market with different companies to get us out there online. But really right now, like the five-year goal might be to have more international and national things. But right now, I mean, even in the tri-state area, that's building a national platform. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, we didn't do so much of with Big Blue Couch that we're starting to do more of as Rayma team is get out there and help other organizations. So um, being more, what's the word I always mess up? 
philanthropy, phil philanthropic. Philanthropic. <laughs> Sometimes I had one season in my life where I screwed up a word really bad in front of an audience and now I have, like, I'm scared. <laughs> but um, so we're doing more of that. So one of the organizations that we're starting to really talk about more just personally and as a team is the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. That's something that I'm getting more involved in. And so as we do that, those are the type of things that will open up. And there's all kinds of online opportunity. Um, we, I have a podcast, the She Who Overcomes podcast. And some of the coaching groups that I'm in have people from across the world in them who also do podcasts. And so we're starting to cross-connect in that way, mm -hmm. which is new. We never did that as Big Blue Couch. And no. so as Brayma team, we're doing that all the time. I have probably five people I need to get back to today <laughs> about, hey, let's make this happen. And so that's one of the ways that we're doing that is figuring out who are the people we're already around in an online space that we can connect with and partner with in some form. Right. One of the things, too, that we didn't really touch on in here, um, with the whole rebranding process, we figured out that we actually have three different companies, not just one. And Mandy and I really lost our identity and our own personal stories, which are very different, reach very different audiences, and our personal strengths in Big Blue Couch. And so what we've done as Rayma Team is we're not only building up Rayma Team's platform, but like Mandy said with her podcast, I blog just started a podcast again. Um, we have decided that instead of having one sole focus, that the company is only reaching this one certain demographic, we can um, branch out and divide and conquer and create, like for her, for the CF community, I do a lot of um, things with the domestic violence community um, with my story. And so that really opens us up to a lot of different things that before, um, when we were so focused on just helping women with one certain thing, um, that diversify thing was super scary in the beginning because it was like, are we going to lose the company if we start branching out and being individuals in the company? And so that's taken some um, hard conversations, but honestly, it's working really well. Way easier <laughs> yeah. than we thought it would. Scott has a question. First off, thank you for presenting today. It's a fantastic presentation. Um, thank you. <clears throat> My question is specifically about one of your lines of business for your one-on-one -on -one in coaching. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you define success and quantify those results? And along those lines, how do you d communicate that value to your customers? That's a great question. I think how we define success has changed, I think, when it comes to one-on-one -on -one coaching. I think we used to think that the more coaching clients we had, the more successful we are. And that's not true because you can have a ton of coaching clients, but if none of them are reaching their goals, you're not really successful. You just know how to get them there. Mm -hmm. And for us, the definition of success, yes, as a business, you need to have the financial aspect, but when it really comes down to the passion of what we do and why we do it, success for us is watching a coaching client being able to go towards their goals and achieve them, and at the same time, especially when they have struggled with self-confidence, be able to come back to us and say, hey, I'm good now. I don't need you to, to baby step me anymore. I'll be a part of the membership, but I don't need the one-on-one -on -one anymore. And if I do, I know where to find you. Because some people get to that point and then they completely stop talking to us because they're scared to tell us. <laughs> That's not growth. <laughs> It, not in the character development that we teach. And so for us, that is one way to define mm -hmm. success on that aspect. Does that help or was there more, more question to that? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when a client is coming for, honestly, um, the reason that we do the membership is kind of to qualify our one-on-one clients. If, um, if we have a client coming to us that we're pretty sure is probably not ready for coaching, and we do this a lot of different ways. There's a variety of surveys that they take before we get started. If they can't even articulate on what their goal probably should be, even if it changes as we keep um, talking through things, um, we do have the membership to kind of funnel people through to see, are they committed? Are they at least willing to do, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of personal growth a week. Um, it's also a great way for our people that are have been doing one-on-one for a while and no, no longer need that kind of accountability to continue their own growth but not have the one-on-one. Um, but I, I think over the last six years, you kind of just have a feel for the kind of client that is ready. And it's usually in the way that they answer some really specific mm-hmm. questions on what, what they want to be doing, what they want to accomplish. Um, and sometimes it's even, you know, the kind of time that they want to spend um, so yeah, it's really individual, but kind of, I think when you're in this industry, it starts to become a feel and you kind of know, and thankfully now with this company, we have a couple of different options to give them if we feel like they're not quite right, um, for one-on-one coaching yet too. And we don't want to see somebody just spend the money to be in coaching, to get to the end of their three sessions or five sessions and they're stuck where they were at the beginning. Um, and I think that's, that's an ethical thing for us as coaches that we don't, that we don't, um, coach that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that helps us figure out whether it's an individual client. But honestly, as Rayma team, we do focus a little bit more on the group environment than the one-on-one. Because all of our group environments have Mm -hmm. a a monthly call that's just a QA and a call where they can hop on the video on Zoom and get their questions answered in that fashion without having to be one-on-one, but yet you kind of are Mm one-on-one. And that's... There's even times in the membership where somebody will type a question in our community board and will say, please bring this online because we want to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. And that's just a deeper level of learning for everybody involved. Um, One thing that stuck out in your presentation is the idea of accessibility to personal and professional development, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I work at CTB. We coach entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. uh, We're a nonprofit that coaches entrepreneurs. And and so we we want our services to be accessible to everybody as well. Mm -hmm. One of the dynamics that gives me anxiety is oftentimes in working with clients, I'm wondering if the clients that we have that turn into success stories, would they have been successful with or without us, right? Mm -hmm. And, And... it's just a dynamic that, that you wonder about. Who, who could you be reaching that, yep. that really needs your services or that would really drive more value? So when you're looking at making your services accessible, how, how do you drive value into that idea? Or how do you differentiate yourself in the coaching world in accessibility? Well, I think one of the things that we did is we wanted to make sure that the technology worked well for them. Not just like, oh, are we smart enough to figure it out and make it work or make it look good, but is this going to work well for them? When we did memberships before, we've done them the whole time, (laughs) but when we did them before, we, I think our very first one, I don't even remember the platform, but the the one we had before the rebrand, we used on Shopify. And Shopify is a great platform if you have product to sell, but when it comes to memberships, not so easily accessible. You can do it, but it takes a it lot takes of, a lot of work apps and, to get you there. And yeah, on the back end, from an accounting side, from everything, it's such a mess, such a mess because nothing talk, they don't talk to the right <laughs> systems. And so even like everything had to be password protected that 
Um, there are systems we could have used on WordPress to make it more accessible for people where they could have their own login, but it didn't work with the system we already had. So for us, we switched everything over to Kajabi, yeah. which she's wearing the shirt, we're Kajabi heroes, whatever that means. But um, because they have their own app and they just came out with this, when we switched over, we didn't know they were coming out with an app, but our people love the app and there's still kinks in the app but they're working through it mm -hmm. continually. And so it's gonna be, an it's already an amazing product. But our people love that because now, before they used to be able to, to reach everything through their iPad or on their, on, they could do it on their phone through their Safari app, but it wasn't really great. Now they just go on the app and they get the coaching. They can mm -hmm. ask the questions. They know how to log into the coaching call. It's all right there. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just something that, we hated the back end of it. Mm -hmm. So if it, one of the things that a coach told us years and years ago is if it's difficult for you, it's going to be even harder for them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Good. Shania. So I'm going to go to that um, national bestseller that you're okay. going to be working on. <laughs> and you've seen that for six years now, you're starting to see patterns, right, of those mm -hmm. topics that mm -hmm. come up again and again and again. So what's the topic going to be of that, that Nash, that first? <laughs> I know there's going to be many, but that first national the bestseller, first what's that deep dive that you think, you know, those entrepreneurs that you've been coaching need the most help with? Should I say it? I have butterflies. You can go right ahead and say it because mine's still in like, it. still, still in the working. thing in my head. So, so um, oh, I'm shaky. Can you? Okay, there. Um, <laughs> so last last year I decided. No, it's good. Last year I decided that I would love to speak at a TED talk, and deep swallow. Um, I applied and I didn't get it, but it was way more about applying because the first time you apply for something, it's so scary. Um, and so the last year I've really taken, I've had this message birthing inside of me um, about hope because hope is something that I've, I've always been like, yeah, hope for the best, all this. I am one of those personalities where I, I walk by faith all the time. I have the faith to like believe it's going to work. I've also learned the hard lesson of what do you do when it doesn't work? Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you combine hope with realism? Is that even possible? And so I've had this message about dangerous hope building inside of me for the last year. And um, I'm, my first goal is to pitch that to TED Talks and to start there and see what happens. Um, I've pitched books to publishers before, so I know what that process is like. And I know what, you know, the thing, I know... I've grown, I think, in what they told me to build on. And so we're going to start there and see what happens. And also, it's very scary. <laughs> and I think that's part of something that we, that's one of the mistakes we made as Big Blue Couch, is we got some no's, which were good at the time, but our solution to that was then, well, we're going to learn how to do it ourselves, right. which wasn't bad. We learned so much in the process. But we also buried our ability to connect with other people because we started to hold it too closely mm -hmm. and believe that if we can't, like, we got to prove ourselves right. and do it ourselves. We can't do it ourselves. And that's not how that works. <laughs> so there, there's my whole thing. Please vote for me. <laughs> and I think for me, when it comes to um, kind of that speaking 
platform and the national, you know, the books and all of that stuff. So um, my life completely rearranged three years ago when I got divorced and left a very um, icky situation. And so I think for me, I'm honestly still kind of living through what it is and honing some of that message. Actually, for me, coming out with the podcast is kind of my way to work through. Um, if you don't already know, a blog or a podcast is a great way to work through your book content mm-hmm. or your speaking content to kind of just practice what it is and hone in on it. So I'm definitely in those beginning stages of what that's going to look like. So we're getting there. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll get to our last question in the morning. Um, how can our One Million Cups community here in Bismarck and Mandan best support Rayma team moving forward? Well... The obvious thing is to try out our memberships. Um, We need people to try it out, see what they're getting from it, but also let us know what do they want more of, Mm -hmm. what's working, what's not for them. We've always done everything as a case study, even as Big Blue Couch, um, just all along. (laughs) So everything we do, we're still in the case study process, but try it out, bring it back to your team. I think another way is if you hear of, of companies or people saying we need somebody to speak on leadership development, where we shine is on the conflict transformation, the the healthy relationships, the communication Mm -hmm. skills. When it comes to like what could we teach a team, that's where we shine. That's the content that people come to us for all the time. And that's where we really want to help organizations grow. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, ladies. Let's hear it for Mandy and Rachel. Thank you for having us. Hey guys, thanks again for listening. I'll be back with another episode for you next week. But for now, if you would take a moment and write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that would mean the world to me. I also want to give a shout out to my very handsome husband, Mr. Nate Anderson, for editing this podcast. For more information, go to www.ramateam.com. That's www.rayma.team.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under the name Ms. Mandy B. Anderson. Oh, and one last thing. I hope you heard something today that gave you the courage to rise up and overcome that thing that you've been facing. You're stronger than you think. I'll see you next week.